Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, this year, are you willing to pass up on the one benefit we all need to refuel our tanks, reduce stress, enhance job performance, and make the most of today and tomorrow? The benefit I'm talking about is our annual vacation, that precious interval completely away from work and from normal pressures of daily living, a respite from the daily grind to refresh mind, body, and spirit, and to recharge those batteries. To the contrary, will you contribute to this hard-to-believe but really troubling statistic? In the U.S., over 400 million eligible vacation days are not taken every year. And on average, every working American will leave two vacation days on the table this year, and many of us will miss a lot more, even plan to skip vacation altogether. And perhaps saddest of all, many of us who do take vacations wind up disillusioned, bored, or harried while away from work, simply trading one set of boring and stressful or uninspiring uh, circumstances for another. And please don't let this happen to you. We're into spring, and it's high time you get busy uh, planning a fun-for-all family vacation for this summer or an exotic vacation for two later in the year. And what's that? You say you won't be able to take a real vacation this year? What's your excuse this time? My next guest, Marco Aguilar, is here to explain why it's crucial that you and I go on vacation this year and every year, and not just any vacation, a truly meaningful shared experience, including something for each family member that creates fun and adventure and brings the whole family closer together, a vacation that will leave you feeling empowered, refreshed, and re-energized when you return to the workday. And here's uh, Marco is here with some ideas on suggestions on how to plan and make this year's vacation the best ever. And Marco Aguilar is also known as the chief vacation officer. His mission is to provide, is to inspire others to claim their time off and discover the life-transforming potential of a unique quality vacation. He's got a 25-year career in the travel industry and nearly 20 years ago launched his marketing and PR company, Travel Pie. He's a longtime contributor to travel magazines. He advises employers, gives keynote speeches, and presents workshops on the positive impact of vacation and travel. And he's author of the upcoming book, The Power of Vacation. Some of you may recall that Marco was a prior guest on our program in July 2015. Hello, Marco, and welcome back to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Certainly, Roy. How are you? It's a pleasure to be back. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, Well, to start off, rich or poor, young or old, what is the most valuable asset that every one of us has? And that's the one asset with strict limits, the same for everyone, and it's the only asset that once squandered can never be replaced. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very easy. It's, it's time. Time <laughs> is by far our most precious asset. 
we take it for we take it for granted. You know, we don't have a a bank account for time. Actually, we do have an account, and it's it's running every second. Uh, <laughs> so we really need to use it wisely. But you know, we we don't touch it. We don't feel it. We don't see the numbers in no. front of us, and that's why it's so easy to take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's uh, especially those of us who are going through our middle age. Yeah. We really need to be very aware of what we do with our time. Time is flying. Yeah, as time goes by, I think we become more and more aware of it, and it becomes more and more precious to us, but at least that's what they say. But you inform us that, in the, that the U.S. is the only industrialized country in the world that does not have an established vacation policy, and if my employer does not grant me a paid vacation or if I voluntarily uh, pass up on my vacation days this year, in your opinion, will this make me more or less productive on the job? Will I actually get more or less done? <laughs> well, it actually, you're right. You know, the U.S. is the only industrialized economy without a set vacation policy. Every other country, almost in the entire world, has a chapter about time off, pay time off, and vacation in their labor laws, not yeah. the U.S. In the U.S., it's up to each employer to provide whatever they consider you know, viable or necessary to their employees in order to lure talent. But by law, nobody's entitled officially to vacation time, paid vacation time in the U.S. But like you said, vacation is crucial to not only improve our health, to relax, to, you know, leave the stress behind, but it's also very, very important in sparking our creativity and also to increase our productivity. It's very, it's very logical. I mean, if you're tired, if you're stressed, you're not going to perform as well on the job. You really need to get away and clear your mind and also, you know, see things, meet, meet other people and, and see other things. When, you know, that's why I say it's very important when you are on vacation, don't stay home. Do not use your vacation time to clear the clutter, to clean the garage. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to you know, ask you later about those stay vacation or staycation. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in staycations. And the, the reason being is, when you stay home and you are kind of doing, even though you're not going to work, you're still, you know, going and doing this kind of the same thing, yeah. going to get your laundry done, your your dry cleaning, your you know whatever errands. So also, you're so same, close by to your boss, and, the, and these days of 24/7 communication, yeah, extremely likely might, to call you in on a quote emergency. <laughs> true, and and you might even come across him at the grocery store or something. So you need to get away. You need to get away so that different things can happen. You cannot expect for the for different things to happen when you're doing the same thing over and over again every single day. That's so that's why you, know, you, you need to travel. You need to travel, and it doesn't have to be far. It doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. You don't have to go to the other side of the world yeah. and spend a ton of money. Uh, there's a lot of options according to, to different budgets. Uh, the yeah. national parks, for instance, it's uh, an amazing option that I like to suggest. Yeah. The national parks are yours. You know, yeah. they belong to everybody. They're America's best idea, and they're really inexpensive. And, and one key thing here, especially those of us who are in, in our middle age, a lot of people think, oh, national parks, but I don't like to go camping. I don't want to rough it. You know, <laughs> I want to, 
my, my wife is like that, you know. She, yeah. For her, her idea of camping is not around the Four Seasons, but it's at the Four Seasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> however, you know, in, in many cases, I would say most cases, there is a nice hotel, yeah. three, four, five-star hotel within yeah. an hour's drive of a national park. Oh, so you can go and enjoy the national park during the day, yeah. and come back and stay in a nice resort at night. Yeah, that's that a great option. Well, let's yeah. go over a few of the most common excuses working folks make for delaying or skipping vacation. How would you respond to each? Here's one. Well, we have too many expenses. We just can't afford to take a vacation this year. I guess you kind that's, of covered that a minute ago. That yeah. Places. That's, that's one of the most common excuses or reasons. And what I say to folks is it takes, just like every aspect of your life, it takes yeah. planning. Yeah. Uh, most people do not take care of their financial planning, and uh, that includes retirement. That includes uh, yeah. everything, you know, saving for, for, for a rainy so day. And so you really need to set money aside for your vacation. You know, if you do that for uh, 11 months out of the year, set a little aside each month, it will be great to uh, have that fund sitting there to go on your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. And let me give you uh, an example. Most people, most of us, you know, we drink, uh, you know, a coffee from a fancy coffee shop every day, at least one, you know, a latte yeah. or yeah. a cappuccino or whatever. And we also have maybe a soft drink, a soda, a sugary yeah. drink, an energy drink, a Gatorade, whatever. Yeah. If you if you don't have one of those a day, <laughs> put that money aside. Six, we're talking six, seven dollars a day. Yeah. You know, at the end of the year, you'll have a nice amount to go on a vacation. Yeah, as simple as that. Well, how about this excuse? Too much hassle at the airport, congested highways, coordinating days off with my spouse. You know, uh, how, how do you get around the people that say it's, it's more trouble than it's worth? I'll just stay at home and relax. <laughs> no, I, I love that excuse. You know, hassles, hassles when it comes to travel. Let me tell you about hassles. Christopher Columbus had hassles. <laughs> Marco Polo, Marco Polo, eight years to reach China. That you know he had castles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know I could go on and on. Yeah. Uh, Lewis and Clark, you know, an hour, a, a year, a year and a half to reach the Pacific Coast. Yeah. He, they had castles. So yeah, what we, we all want instant through, gratification now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you let's say you're planning on going to to the UK, it's not going to take yeah. you two months on yeah. a you know on a on a ship uh, yeah. with uh, all sorts of diseases and scurvy and, and <laughs> mutiny and you know <laughs> those guys have castles going through security. I know you know the airports. What, what happened? Let me tell you what. What happened is that we were. We were we got too pampered yeah, uh, twenty thirty years ago in the days of the uh, the, the glamorous days of air travel. There were yeah. you didn't have to go through security. Uh, you got served a hot meal, a food really? hot meal. You were even given you know playing cards on board the airplane. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> they now, used to give you free cigarettes when I was really yeah, young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, individual you know you mini, mini soaps. So we, we got we got we got spoiled. That's that's the thing. So now to go through security and uh, you know getting to the airport two or three yeah. hours ahead of time, to many people that represents a hassle. It's nothing. When you think about it, you can be 
anywhere in the world within 24 hours. Yeah. And, and all it takes, you know, you have to go through security, you have to go for immigration, you have to, you know, get in line, check it. It's nothing. It's nothing in comparison to the pressure that you're going to experience. Well, how about this there. excuse? Uh, it's my job, stupid. Too much workload and not enough time. I can't afford to take two weeks off. Think of the horrendous backup when I return. It just isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, that? well, well, you know, that's the number one excuse slash reason. <laughs> and for, for a lot of folks, it is true. It's a, it's, it's a big concern, especially, you know, in the, in the economy that we live in today. The way that the workplace is set up today, especially after the 2008-2009 crisis, where so, yeah. so many jobs were lost, people, yeah. you know, almost 10 years later are still afraid of losing their jobs. And inc incredibly enough, the number one reason why people don't go on vacation is because they are afraid of coming back to an even bigger pile of work. Yeah. So, you know, they they rather stay stay home, stay at work. But here's my solution. First of all, every every company should have should establish some sort of of a buddy system. Remember when when we used to take swim lessons, uh, or you used yeah. to go swimming on a lake, uh, you had to have a buddy, right? And then yeah. you check on you every every you know half an hour or so. So it's the same same situation here. Have someone that can cover for you at least for the urgent stuff while you're gone, and then yeah. you cover for that person when the other person is gone. Don't think that nobody else can do your job. The 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 truth is nobody is absolutely indispensable, especially not in today's work environment. No. So be aware of that and have a body system. Having a body system in, in, at work. It's not just about uh, safety, it's about survival. Yeah. You know, well, and get organized. That. No, that, that, that makes such, so much sense. People always seem to think their job and what they do is so essential that no one else can do it. And it's great to have pride in your work, but certainly no one is so essential they can't take two or three weeks off to refresh and improve their outlook on life and everything else, and uh, somehow the company can survive with uh, <laughs> a two-week absence. Yeah. You know, on the other side... And, and your forthcoming book will be packed with uh, inspirational real-life stories of how a trip or an event on vacation positively transformed a person's life or favorably influenced the lives of others. Can you give us uh, a couple, one or two of those inspirational stories? Because I think they're so crucial to uh, understanding the value of vacation. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is a personal story of mine. Uh, about five years ago, I traveled to the kingdom, the kingdom of Bhutan. Mm -hmm. uh, Bhutan is located in the Himalayas between Tibet and India. It's a very, very uh, unique spot. It's uh, considered to be the only, the, the, the one place of true happiness left in the world. <laughs> and they're very, they're very Buddhist. Yeah, it's a, it's a tiny country. It's a, a little bigger than, than uh, Virginia. Oh. And uh, they only allow very few tourists every year. Nowadays, they allow, I think, it's about 35,000 tourists a year, which is nothing. Mm. I mean, just to put it in perspective, on any given night, over 100,000 tourists, and I'm talking like low season, 100,000 tourists will spend the night in Vegas on, on yeah. one single night. In yeah. Bhutan, they only allow about 35,000 in the entire year. 
And so, um, you know, I was, uh, I was, I boarded my, my flight, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand to head to Bhutan. It's about a three and a half hour flight with a technical stopover in, uh, Duwahati, India, just to uh, get some fuel. And, um, as they were getting ready to close the door, the flight attendant was walking by, closing all the overheads, and he stopped right where I was sitting. He looked in the overhead, looked at me, looked up again, looked down at me again, and he said, is, is this your bag? And I said, yeah. And I'm thinking, so, you know, what's the problem? <laughs> uh, and he says, do you, do you work for, for Alaska Airlines? Uh, do you fly for Alaska Airlines? And I said, no, uh, I do sales and marketing for Alaska Airlines. They're one of my clients, but I, you know, I'm not a pilot. Hmm. He said, wow, you know, I would, I would love to go to Alaska. That's like my, my dream in life is to go to Alaska. Huh. And he started asking me all these questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, is it really that it's that cold in Alaska? And I said, you know, it depends what time of the year. You know, if you go in the middle of the winter, all the way up north in, in Barrow or Nome, it's yeah. going to be, you know, four below. But if you go to Seattle, to Anchorage in July, it'll be in the 70s. So, you know, he asked me all these questions. And then he said, you know, you know, sorry, I, you know, I've got to get back to work. And then he, she just walked, walked away, you know, towards the back of the plane, closing all the overheads. Yeah. And, and he, his face was glowing like that of a, of a, of a child, of a child in, on Christmas morning. Huh. And I turned around and I, and I said to my wife, you know, I'm going to give this, this luggage tag to the uh, to the flight attendant because you know the, the the luggage tag is a luggage tag that I had purchased at the Alaska Airlines company store in Seattle on oh. a business trip and it said Alaska Airlines crew and that's what had gotten his attention so I took I got up you know once we took off and we were you know at a cruising altitude I got yeah. up took that the tag off my bag and the next time he walked by I gave it to him. And he was like, again, he was like a little kid on Christmas morning, you know. And it was a $2.50 luggage tag. He was, he was crazy. And he, he didn't even know what to say to me. He just thanked me, walked away. A few minutes later, he walks back. And he says, uh, I must return the favor. I have spoken to the captain. And he would like to invite you to the, la- to the cockpit for the landing in Bhutan. Oh, wow. And I was, wow, you know, because Bhutan is, is considered to be one of the most dangerous airports in the world. Yeah. It's in the middle of the mountains. Wow, that and, uh, <laughs> incredible. And, you know, and I love to fly, I, I used to love to fly in cockpits, but, you know, the, after yeah. 9-11, they don't, they don't allow you anymore. Yeah, that's right. So, so now I was the one who was like a little kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> and so he escorted me to the cockpit. And there were three pilots in there, the friendliest people, you know, you've met. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. I even asked the captain, you know, because uh, I knew that the airline, Group Air, which is the national airline of Bhutan, they yeah. fly to Kathmandu, Nepal. And oh. so I asked him, you know, when you, when you fly to Nepal, do you get to see Mount Everest? Yeah. And he said, what do you mean we get to see Mount Everest? We fly right by it. Oh, wow. He said, you want to, you want to see Mount Everest? You see the, the, the widest mountain in the horizon, a little bit to the left, that's Mount Everest. Oh, <laughs> So I was there sitting in this cockpit on my way to Bhutan, and I could see Mount Everest in the distance. I mean, I get goosebumps just from, from remembering that. What a wonderful it was, experience that is. It was incredible. And uh, it was a little, you know, act of kindness that I didn't think about 
when I gave this fight attendant my, my luggage tag, and boy, did he return the favor a big time. So, well, uh, before you, you go, can, can you uh, suggest a couple of uh, vacation travel ideas for this summer, a destination that everyone else isn't flocking to? It might be great for middle-aged parents with uh, preteen or teenage offspring. Any ideas? Sure. Obviously, we don't have time for a lot, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a couple. Uh, so Hawaii, Hawaii, you know, Hawaii has always been beautiful, but for some reason right now it's it's really trendy and hot. It's it's gorgeous, and mm. if if, uh, if folks want to go to Hawaii, I would suggest not going to Honolulu. I mean, unless you have a lot of time and money and you want to do a tour of all the islands, yeah. but I would go to Kona, uh, oh, the big yeah. island. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to see and do. Um, also, of course, if you just want to sit and relax, that's fine too. But you can go on a stargazing tour to Mount oh, Akia. Uh, you can go on a helicopter tour around the island and fly oh, wow. over Kilauea Volcano. Uh, it's incredible. I love Kona and the Big Island. Yeah. Um, another option, a little bit more exotic, and that's, this is also becoming really trendy, is going to Iceland. Oh, uh, yeah. Iceland, you know, it's considered officially it's part of Europe, even though it's yeah. in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. It's about a four-hour flight from New York. Uh, oh. There's also nonstop flights from many other cities around the U.S., like Denver and uh, and Seattle. Yeah. And uh, Iceland, beautiful scenery, very relaxing, lovely people. Mm. Uh, also, the volcanoes and the the hot springs, uh, best hot springs in the world. Uh, very affordable, so Iceland is also great, a great option for this summer. Well, let's talk a bit about your upcoming book, The Power of Vacation, Keys to the Magic of Intentional Time Off. How is your book different from all the other travel-related books out there? Uh Well, uh, very, very different, because first of all, my book is not a destination guide. Uh, It's also not a, a it's uh, precisely a travel book. Yeah. Uh, I, it's more about, uh, first of all, you know, I tackle the issue that we just discussed about people not taking vacation and some of yeah. the things that people can can do to solve those excuses and, uh, and, and problems. But then I give suggestions of what people can do, not as far as destinations, but as far as experiences. Because vacation should be more about more than just going to a beautiful beach and sitting sipping yeah. margaritas for seven days and doing nothing. Again, yeah. time is our most precious asset. Let's use it wisely. And when it comes to to us in the Middle Age, uh, uh, you know, it's I see it like we are we have a, a, a new life. We have. Yeah. New opportunities. We can do whatever we want, learn to yeah. do whatever we want. A lot of people come up with excuses. They use age, you know, oh, you know, I'm too old for that. What? <laughs> you know, George Bush Sr. celebrated his 85th and 90th birthdays jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> know. You know? So there's, there's no limits. Yeah. You know, if you want to learn to play a musical instrument, yeah, you might not become a, you know, a rock star, but you can still learn. If you want to learn to paint, to, you know, write a book, yeah. uh, whatever it is, go on a meditation retreat, learn to eat properly, eat to, uh, you know, you can go to the Chopra Center in California for a week and do a, a retreat with meditation and incredible massages oh. and, uh, and you get all this, you know, information, ancient, uh, 
information from India that you know Deepak Chopra is so so known for, or maybe take a, a you know a week long retreat with Jack Canfield, who is America's uh, best success coach, or Tony yeah. Robbins. So there's so much we can do with our time. Yeah. Uh, so that's what my book is about. Obviously, so when when will your book be available, and where? Uh, how- Keep in touch to know when when we can get it, or uh, what's the story on that? I mean, you know, I don't have a, a date yet. Most likely, it won't come out till the beginning of next year. I'm oh. really taking the time. I'm doing it with a lot of love and dedication. Uh, I want to really inspire people to take time off to travel, yeah. and uh, it's taking me a while to collect some re- a lot of real life stories. Yeah. from everybody out there. So actually, to those of you listening to this, if you have a real life, a conspe- compelling, inspiring story, something that happened to you that changed your life when you were traveling, please drop me a line. Uh, check out my Facebook page, uh, which is com. That's thepowerofvacation.com. And you also, I know, give keynote speeches and half and full day workshops. So that's uh, Correct. where somebody Correct. could go to check into those then. Right, and very soon through my website, I'll be announcing some amazing trips that I'll be going on next year in which people will be able to join me. And they're going to be a little different because they're going to be, like I said, very inspirational, uh, not just, you know, going to the pool for eight hours and getting a nice tan. Uh, People are going to get a lot of these trips, and I'll be announcing those through my website very soon, so stay tuned. Maybe you can take us all up into the cockpit and fly over Mount Everest. I'd love to see that. I would love that, Roy. I would love that. (laughs) Well, as regular listeners know, a frequent topic of conversation on our program is life balance. And the most most foolish thing that you and I can do at middle age is to sacrifice everything, spousal and family relationships, socializing, fun and recreation, expanding horizons in new and different ways, all for the sake of career. And if so, when you look back someday, no matter how much money you've made and how high you've climbed on the corporate ladder, you're... uh, destined to this sad refrain what happened to all the time that is now gone and if only i hadn't missed out on the joy of living all those years and is this all that there is and to take uh, the advice of marco aguilar you can begin this very year to balance your life by planning and taking a meaningful vacation and not necessarily just that annual track to the jersey shore or to the cabin up north heck if your family uh, loves to go there that's okay but uh, it's time to, um, you know, replace that with maybe someplace new and something exotic, something that's really meaningful. And um, the key is the vacation is an ideal opportunity to kick back, change the pace, recharge your batteries, and discover something new about yourself, your loved ones, and the world we live in. As Marco puts it, travel not to discover places, but to discover yourself. And I think that effectively uh, sums it all up in a nutshell. And thank you so much, Marco Aguilar, for returning. Well, my pleasure, Roy. Uh, Thank you for having me, and uh, happy journeys to everybody. And let us know when that book comes out. And in the meantime, happy trails, (laughs) as Roy Thank you. Thank you.
Well, my guest, Marco Aguilar, has made it abundantly clear why you and I need to take an extended vacation this year using our full allotted vacation time, because time away from the office, and that means without the computer or the iPhone connection, and the phone is uh, so essential. And we need this complete annual break, not only to benefit ourselves and our families and to recharge our tanks, but also to benefit our employers or our business, if we're a business owner or an independent entrepreneur, because it uh, just makes sense that when we're worn down physically and emotionally uh, uh, from too many weeks and months on the front line, we really, uh, no matter how much we admire our jobs, we're just not going to perform up to our full potential, are we? But here's another uh, potential dilemma. What if you have scheduled a vacation for later in the year, uh, maybe three months uh, later this summer or even in the fall or uh, late fall or winter? Uh, But right now, at this point in time, you're completely uh, worn out and uh, you need a break right now, not in three months or six months or whatever. And here's an idea. Uh, I suggest that uh, you're going to take a 30-day vacation in your mind and take it right now. And although it may sound like pure fantasy, I firmly believe that every individual earning a living, including you and I, deserves a job which will pay us to have a good time and to launch your own personal search for a pleasurable and rewarding career experience uh, for the second half of life, I suggest you start by repeating the following pledge. Over the next 30 days, I will take a vacation in my mind, an extended respite from the stress and tension associated with my daily workplace routine. For this brief interval, I absolutely refuse to let current career frustrations, including my boss or the uh, deadlines I'm under, to get me down. And during this 30-day respite, I intend to examine a broad variety of potential career and lifestyle options. And at the end of 30 days, I may decide to recommit to my present vocation and position uh, an employer with renewed energy and purpose. But to the contrary, I may decide to embark upon something entirely new and different. And please note that I define vocation broadly to encompass uh, any primary form of daily activity uh, where your tasks are focused on uh, contributing value to others, not just enjoying yourself. In fact, your primary vocation may not generate a single penny in monetary income, and that's great if we're independently wealthy, isn't it? But for most of us, not a realistic option. Uh, But if you're a full-time parent, student, or homemaker, would you like to become one? Are you retired? Are you a full or part-time volunteer? Do you uh, presently spend each business day searching for employment? That's something you don't want to keep doing forever, is it? Uh, Before embarking upon your 30-day mind vacation, uh, please pause to consider two essential prerequisites for a successful outcome. First, without hesitation, you must be willing to 
venture outside any predetermined comfort zone. After all, you are on vacation, or at least your mind is. And second, you're seeking far more than gainful employment. In fact, you are searching uh, for a routinely positive outlook, uh, both upon the present and the future, upon your career and daily living in general. And I implore you to cast aside every self-imposed boundary If you voluntarily uh, or you resolutely refuse to consider a dramatic departure from what you're doing now, uh, you certainly aren't going to make any positive changes, and you're delaying the possibility of career renewal or life renewal, perhaps for many years. And my second point is to remind you that your vocational renewal can neither be accomplished nor sustained in a vacuum. If you seek career renewal, you also must commit to reevaluating every aspect of your life today, including your relationships, uh, the balance you have between work and play and and socializing, being uh, supportive to your family, all those things must be considered. But here's uh, how about this for a start to the uh, vacation of the mind. Ask yourself, what vocation would I pursue were it impossible for me to fail? In fact, once you locate that one in a million new venture or career path that's ideally suited to your highly unique combination of talent, aspirations, personality, and intellect, you will not fail. Over the next 30 days, you're on vacation, so you have absolutely no reason not to explore the entire spectrum of promising career and new venture options. And you need not uh, limit vocational dreams to income-generating opportunities. For some, a new-term goal, near-term goal, maybe early retirement, to become full-time husband or wife, parent or grandparent, and if staying at home is your guide, you will need to consider the skills and talents required to uh, effectively manage a household, balance a bunch of uh, balls at the time, perhaps uh, working from home and uh, raising the kids at the same time. And uh, for a while, at least, your annual compensation package might be retirement or termination benefits, if any, your spouse's income plus Social Security and passive income, uh, at least after age 65 or 62, if you retire early, uh, that you and your spouse can expect to join, uh, enjoy from present or anticipated investment portfolio as well. And should you have trouble defining an ideal location, ask yourself these questions. How do I most like to spend my free time? What do I do for fun when no one tells me what to do? What are my fondest childhood dreams? Who are my heroes? As an adult, who in the whole wide world would I most like to emulate and why? Of all the individuals I know, who has the best job? Why is this person so successful? Would I trade places? Well, I can think of people I'd trade places with in a minute, but not very many. And what vocations do I most admire? Do any career profiles make my heart jump whenever they're described? And here's another question. What careers do friends and loved ones suggest that I should have pursued or should pursue in the future? Can they imagine or picture me as a high school basketball coach, a chef, or an interior designer, just to name a couple? Uh, Do friends tell me I'd make a good lawyer, newspaper editor, or preacher? And where does uh, my most recent aptitude test say that I would prosper? I know I haven't taken one since college days, but... uh, 
Yeah, they are available for folks like us at middle age, and you might want to take one of those. And once you identify, uh, identify the vocation of your dreams, then you need to pause to examine it like you would an attractive employment listing on the Internet and ask yourself five essential questions uh, before you even get started uh, delving deeply into it. Am I qualified today to perform my dream vocation? Are my skills transferable? Based upon my qualifications, would a recruiter seriously consider hiring me? And if not fully qualified now, realistically, can I become qualified? How much time, energy, and money would it take to gain the skills I would need? And how much could I expect to earn pursuing my dream vocation with anticipated compensation combined with um, passive income, spousal earnings, uh, support uh, our family's uh, intended lifestyle? And do my spouse and children support transition from my dream, dream vocation? Can I bring them on board? Are they willing to share any necessary, hopefully short-term, financial sacrifice? And then as a next step, visualize performing the routine daily functions associated with your dream vocation. Are you sure that's what you want to do? Uh, have you ever attempted uh, similar tasks? Are your present vocational skills transferable to this uh, dream vocation? Are you certain you wish to ed dedicate nine or ten hours a day? Well, maybe eight hours, hopefully. Uh, five days a week or more to performing required job functions? Are you convinced beyond a doubt that your dream vocation is not simply a passing fancy? And if you're an entrepreneur, it's probably going to be a lot more than eight or nine hours a day, and it'll probably be more like six days a week at least. Well, comparing your present skills, background, qualifications, and family financial resources with those required for entry into your dream vocation, it's then time to answer the $64,000 question. And now it's more like a $64 million question, I guess. That was a long time ago when 64000 was big bucks. Am I ready to transform my dream job into an actual vocational commitment? Uh, will any uh, will anyone compensate me, in other words, for chasing my dream? And before plunging into a new career, you may wish to pause long enough to critically examine your current job. Could it be that you actually admire most aspects of your career, uh, but your life in general is out of balance? Maybe your time spent on the job is out of balance with the time you'd like to be spending with your family or the time they deserve and need or the time you need is to refresh your batteries to uh, enjoy life. Perhaps you remain fully committed to your current trade or profession, but you badly need a new boss, a change of workplace, or employer. And should you conclude that you absolutely want to try something new, but that your dream vocation is not an option, what if that happens? Well, then you can launch a search for a realistic middle ground. Now, if I should suddenly decide I want to become a uh, pediatric physician, <laughs> at my age it's hardly likely uh, to become the... Uh, a realistic possibility, but there may be a middle ground. Uh, I might go into uh, marketing of uh, health products or something like that. Uh, so then you write down a list 
of uh, as many as you can imagine uh, potential alternative vocations which would utilize similar skills and talents and provide at least some of the job satisfaction not unlike your ideal but this time you list only realistic career options given your age education work experience personality and family responsibilities and in examining potential alternative vocations, you ask yourself the same uh, questions you addressed for your ideal, and your ambitious goal over the next several days or weeks is to select one realistic primary target vocation, and that may be an enhancement to your present job, of course. In the end, this could uh, turn out simply be be a change of employers or increased or shift in responsibilities on your job. And then your final task is to thoughtfully plan out each stage of your midlife career transition. And believe me, all of this transition planning doesn't need to be done while you're on that mental vacation. That can come later once you decide for sure what you want to do. Finances, can I prepare a workable family transition budget? How soon can I afford to resign from my present position? And once I quit, what lifestyle compromises is our family prepared to make, at least in the short term? Can we survive on spousal income for a while? Will we need to seriously tap into our savings? Should we take out a second mortgage? There are related economic issues as well. When I quit my job, where will uh, we obtain health insurance for myself and my family? And how will we pay for our child's education, uh, or a higher edu- his or her higher education? The cost and availability of training. Can I obtain the technical and occupational skills needed to pursue this targeted vocation with a realistic amount of time and effort? How long will it take and how will I pay for the training? And then there's the question of testing the waters. Can you launch your target vocation at night or on weekends while you retain your present job? Uh, Will you encounter a potential conflict of interest should you do so? And do you have the stamina to perform two jobs at once? And uh, here's another obviously essential question. How can I demonstrate the necessary qualifications to prospective employers, investors, or venture partners? Uh, Nobody's going to invest in uh, a startup business unless you have a detailed uh, business plan you can show them and uh, also show why you're qualified to execute that plan. Realistically, can I strengthen my resume through volunteer activities in a related field? And uh, one other thing, if you plan to resign from a prestigious position or occupation, you will need to prepare mentally and emotionally for a temporary loss of status. Also, for some of us, it's tough to uh, keep focused when we don't have a boss keeping our uh, feet to the fire. Uh, You know, it's so easy to say, well, I'll take today off and go golf and get on it tomorrow. And for the immediate future, you no longer will play an essential role in the world of commerce Forget about that corner office, that leased company car, and your assigned parking space. And does this uh, tended, uh, pending loss of status bother you? I counsel anyone planning to launch a startup venture or to attempt a radical career transition to focus at all times 
upon your vision of a bright and shining future. And I'm talking about visualizing uh, the accomplishment of it, not just thinking in, uh, and never getting around to doing it. By doing so, you'll prevent lapses into stress or depression caused by uncertainty, a lack of execution, and a temporary loss of discretionary income, privilege, or recognition. And before you pass the point of no return, I urge those of you transitioning at mid-career to make this solemn pledge. I will not accept any new position or invest time and money in a new business venture unless I am 100% certain this is really how I want to spend the uh, remaining productive years. Realistically, can you anticipate an income stream sufficient to report uh, to support your family's agreed-upon lifestyle? <clears throat> and uh, I'm talking about uh, supporting it, uh, doing something you enjoy doing over the number of years, uh, months, and even years to come, not just a short-term venture into the unknown. And the bottom line message is decept uh, deceptively simple. Do not rush headlong into a new job or business venture simply out of frustration over your current situation or some vague, unsubstantiated yearning to try something new. Take the full 30 days, more time if needed, you have all the time in the world, to investigate every aspect of a potential alternative vocation, a new venture or lifestyle, and then to plan out a, an ambitious yet realistic course of action to get there. And by scripting out a comprehensive scenario in advance, you'll be able to launch the actual uh, transition with ample confidence that you've made the correct decision and then stay the course. Obviously, all of us need to make adjustments throughout as realism sets in and things don't go as well as we they might, but don't give up. Just uh, come up with alternative plans and, and keep at it because uh, so, so many of us make a start at something we're really enthused about and then things don't happen positively in the first week or two or month or two or whatever and we just abandon and go right back to being miserable although perhaps more so because we tried something new and it didn't work and to learn more about midlife career transition uh, a comprehensive roadmap on how to plan a mental vacation, and how to execute one, uh, I suggest you preview and purchase my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or at our website, middleagerenewal.com. And let me ask you right now, have you begun to strategize on locating or creating your dream job, perhaps right where you are or something, uh, doing something entirely different? If you do, don't lose momentum by setting aside your career dreams to collect dust. It's so easy to uh, dream but not to execute. And if you've uh, yet to start that mental vacation, schedule it now. It's every bit as important as any other task you have to accomplish, either for yourself or for others. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose, and you don't even have to leave home on your vacation, and the cost is free. I know it sounds 
somewhat impossible uh, to get away from the pressures of work. But if you pledge to do that in your mind and say, for the next 30 days, doggone it, this just isn't going to get me down, and I'm going to think about what I really want to do with the rest of my life, you'll be able to do it. And you may not believe it now, but many middle-aged men and women like you and me actually look forward to Monday morning. Can you believe it? (laughs) They do. I do. Now, I didn't before. And why not join us as renewed members of the Middle Age Renewal Congregation? And that's it for today. Tune in next week when we'll talk about a related subject, how to uh, banish negative thinking. Wouldn't you love to banish that uh, from your mind uh, just about the entire day, or at least confine it to maybe a few minutes a day and enjoy the rest of your day? And then we'll talk to you then on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both a midlife challenge wake up and wake up captain and crew restart your engines you can learn more about roy and his middle age renewal training system by visiting his website middleagerenewal.com